0: Tom Pyle with the American Energy
1: Alliance. Thank you for joining the Crude Live here today. We've got a couple issues to talk about. Coming off of uh, executive orders, President Joe Biden, I believe the day before, even announced he was going to do 15 executive orders. There was two of them that stood out in my mind. One was the Keystone XL pipeline. The other one was the uh, climate change Paris Accord. I believe is the bullet point behind that. So thought we'd bring in Mr. Pyle to talk about, uh, those, th- those two specifically. And if he's got any on his mind, he certainly can, can, uh, use the platform to get the word out there. But how are you doing today? As good as can be living down here in the swamp. Yeah. How's it How is it down in DC?
0: Well, they're clearing away the, the, um, security that they had, literally had like that downtown looked like a war zone. Uh, I can't describe it any other way, um. And it was just—I feel like it was. I mean, I am not condoning in any way the, the atrocity that happened a couple of weeks back, but the the response I think was very, very outsized uh, in terms of what they. Did. I mean, they basically like the Democrats say they don't like the wall or guns, but they had tons of guns and there were lots of walls uh, uh, over the past week or so. So uh, hopefully things will. Hopefully things will 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 turn back to some new normal, and we'll, we'll see some, you know, a uh, uh, little less heightened um, sensitivity
1: around here. So. Good example of why boots on the ground is very important for a lot of different reasons. You know, I mean, you're here to talk about a couple national issues, but the boots on the ground reporting, which you just did, in my estimation, brought up a great perspective, which I don't hear talked about much, which is, you know, one one particular group that, has been campaigning on a certain ideology now just use that in a way that you know, is, is pretty hypocritical, you know, without getting into the specifics, like you just laid out, Uh, the Democrats were against walls and guns. And then when it came an opportunity for them to use it to their advantage, they went ahead and used it. And um, I I haven't heard that nationally, you know, that's just, that's an interesting perspective. So thank you for that. (laughs) Yeah.
0: I mean, you really, uh, it, There there are a lot of those. I mean, uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, a lot of the things that uh, were the promises that were made uh, in the interest of, you know, helping people actually will harm them uh, or actually make life more difficult for them or take away their job, for example. And the Keystone uh, permit, the rescinding of the Keystone permit is is a very, very clear, stark example of that very thing. Um,
1: well let's talk about that for a second because there there's a lot of different avenues for this and I don't want to take up too much of your time and so I'm just going to list off uh, three of them off the top of my head and you can elaborate on those and then go whatever direction you want but the obvious one is the the whole efficiency of safety when it comes to the pipeline versus trucks on the road and, and rail cars and you know a lot of rail cars go next to bodies of water and so there's that whole, transportational aspect with the safety part of it. Uh, To me, probably one of the bigger ones that I don't think it's, oh, the second one is the jobs, of course, the whole economic impact with the jobs. But the one that I think needs to be talked about, and that's why I'd like to highlight it, is the whole continental national security and international security. That to me, having a very good economy, working relationship, energy relationship with your neighbors of Mexico and Canada just seems to be in everybody's best interest for America, especially when you've got some geopolitical Saudi Arabia and Russia issues, and et cetera, et cetera. So those are the three off the top of my head. So you can either, you know, opine on those, or you probably got 15 more. But that's how I just thought I'd set the table, if you didn't mind. You
0: bet. Let me tell you, let me start with the, with the safety. Transporting liquid fuels... pipe is, without even a a fathom of debate, the safest way to transport these materials. We've been doing it for decades. Um, And all of a sudden, we're, instead of constructing the... Now, remember this... The Keystone XL is almost complete. I would say there's about 300 miles or so left to connect Alberta to southern you know the gulf region to go continuous but but because of that 300 miles or so 4150 trucks 811 over 1000 rail cars are needed to move this oil rail cars and trucks are not a are not a safe way to transport this this stuff as safe i mean obviously it's still there's still few very few incidents but there'd be significantly fewer if we just completed this pipeline, jobs—over ten thousand American union jobs—so far have been created during the construction of the pipeline. Um, that these, unfortunately, the company that uh, owns, or, or you know, the company, uh, the builder, TC Energy, announced that they had to stop work on the pipe um, to, to finish the pipe. They they wouldn't they wouldn't hire an additional seven or eight thousand union workers this year alone. Um, so when the president says he wants to, you know, create good union jobs, he just killed it. His first act, he killed seven thousand good union jobs. So it's it, it just like I said, um, it's a very hypocritical um, t- decision. The last thing I will say is, you are one hundred percent right. The nothing could be more important than, than a North American energy security, right? Uh, can't I, a neighbor? Um, if we can't bring that good oil from Alberta down to our refineries in the Gulf, we got to get it from somewhere else. And you know what? The next sort of closest match in terms of the types of crude oil that these refineries Take is from Venezuela. Last I checked, things weren't going so well in Venezuela, right? I mean, this is just so... There is no legitimate reason to, to yank this permit back out of the hands of getting this pipeline complete. And if they talk about the environment, they're, they're not being... I won't say they're not being truthful. I'll say that they're bending the facts. This pipeline, the, the, the owners is committed to investing in renewable power to power the pipeline. They've committed to um, giving money, <laughs> just handing money over for green job training for union workers, right? I mean, they've been over backwards to check the, the green box, if you will, uh, but it still wasn't good enough for these folks because... They want to they want to eliminate the use of these resources. That's their goal. You cannot negotiate with somebody who wants to eliminate your job or your 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 product. It just doesn't work. There's no middle ground between you know somebody who doesn't want you to exist um, and operating in a safe and 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 reliable secure manner so that's
1: what I'll say about that. <laughs> well, I'll, I got another question for you since you're so articulate in your responses. Uh, the, the the 15 of them I briefly skimmed them, read the the couple that were oil and gas related, but I'll tell you what there there was a good dozen of those executive orders that I saw the word review, you know, re-review and, you know, revisit and and those types of things. When it came c- came to the rules of science, environment, and public health, and those yeah. th- those are red flags. like I th- to me that that is what that is more than a shot across the bow to the oil and gas industry. and um i'm I'm not sure if the industry quite understands that yet. I, I'm not sure no,
0: I, I think you're exactly right. I think that a lot of people said, well, you know, We'll get along with Joe. He's a good guy, and this and that and the other. Joe's not running this show. Let's not let's not kid ourselves. The and thank you for bringing that up because what was in the news was sort of the immediate sort of uh, you know Keystone, and we can talk about the Paris Accord. This is what what was gave me the most pause and the most fear is they basically signed executive orders to obliterate all of the progress that was made under the previous administration with respect to removing barriers to produce energy in this country. Barriers that were artificially added from the previous Obama-Biden administration to make it difficult for us to produce these God-given resources in our country. And that's what's next. Already, they've announced a ban on new permits and new um, production of oil and natural gas and coal on our federal lands. Energy produced on our federal lands is 12% of our natural gas production and nearly 25% of our oil production. Um, This is a, a concerted, sort of organized and... Uh, you know they're finishing what they started, uh, so to speak, uh, prior to you know a, a guy named Donald Trump sort of stand, standing in the way, um, and it is it should give a lot of people pause. It's it's bad for our security, uh, as you mentioned. Um, the The difference between using our using our own lands, by the way, which are taxpayer owned lands, we all own these lands, not just the Greens. Uh, would be could potentially be an increase of two million barrels a day of oil imported from foreign sources by in, in, in less than 10 years. Um, and we could lose 800 billion cubic feet of, of natural gas production in the same amount of time. Um, so it is it is going to be a rough couple of years here uh, between now and the midterm elections. Um, when the American voters will have another chance to 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 to, to, to share with uh, uh, the politicians how they feel about how things are going in Washington and in the state houses. So,
1: just making some notes here. Apologize. Um, so I, I did want to ask you about that federal land ban, and you know, when when you take when we take a look at the reality of what's going on, we're just going to take a step back here. And um, we had Senator Kramer on the show, US Senator Kramer, who's very, was very, uh, he was an advisor to Trump on energy for for four years. And we had him on and we talked about, I just flat out asked him. I said, boy, the direction things are going, it certainly seems like, you know, we're gonna have six energy companies in the world controlling 90% of the market. He said, it's more like four. And I went, whoa, okay, I thought I was crazy at six, but now I got a U.S. Senator on record saying four, so we're going to go with that. But he was talking about these policies that are in place with some of the bans and just really managing and and, and and controlling the marketplace in a whole new way that oil and gas doesn't operate well with. You know, oil and gas needs the free market to work. And and you start, I know Texas had had c- controlled production for a long time, but-, but there's still there's, there's a bigger advantage, especially right now when you're talking about natural gas and shifting subsidies over to natural gas, letting those clever capitalists come up with great innovative ways because at the end of the day, you mentioned about the shale revolution over the last 10, 15, 20 years. From my understanding, the planet's actually gotten cleaner as far as the, 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 earth, the, the air and, and everything. So our emissions continue to get cleaner like we have over the last 150 years. You know, back when we were burning wood and hay, up to now when we got natural gas as our foundation. So, um, getting to, getting to that, what do you make about the direction we're going with, whether it be the consolidations, the layoffs, or the direction that this administration seems to be pushing renewables and and controlling the marketplace? It's a it's a loaded question, no matter how you. Slice and dice it. That's why I thought I'd start off with the U.S. senators' words because <laughs> he's he kind of set the table on that one. So,
0: sure, um, and it is it is with, with and I discuss this with no pleasure. The um, the folks in charge in Washington want to control our choices. They want to control what energy we're allowed to use, what energy. Uh, we are, what types of cars we're allowed to drive. Um, they want to control uh, these, the resources. Why? Because if they control energy, they control the economy. It's that simple. If, if they are making the decisions uh, about what types of energy we can use, how we can transport it, um, what types of cars we can drive, because by the way, they want to ban the internal combustion engine. Um, they've been very clear about that. Um, they determine how our economy grows, where people live, um, how we get around, um, and that's that's really the difference. Uh, whereas with free market, we're in charge. We decide based on our preferences um, what energy sources we use, what types of vehicles we drive where we live, things like that. So um, it really comes down to ch- power and control versus choice and, and affordability uh, because companies don't want to spend more money than they have to to make a product, to deliver a product. Also, I don't believe companies deliberately want to pollute. Um, the thing is, with, you talked about the shale revolution. And this is a direct tie to the Paris Accord, which we're now back in, apparently, thanks to President Biden. While we were in the four years that we were out of the Paris Agreement, if we were still to remain in the Paris Agreement, we would have been one of the only countries in the world on track to meet our our uh, self-imposed emission reduction targets. So all of these European countries that are wagging their finger at the United States, and, sh- you, know, you know, trying to sh- shame the United States for not being in this international agreement, which is designed to I- impact our economy in a negative way, There, none of them are even anywhere near on track to meeting their targets. And the reason that we're on track to meeting our targets is because of natural gas, because we're using a lot more natural gas and therefore a lot less coal to produce electricity. And since 2005, we, the United States, has had the largest in, environmental uh, uh, improvements in air quality than any other country in the world.
1: Incredible. I mean that, that that's the part where facts don't seem to matter. and that's where we're in a in a disconnect that's really scary. you know, you mentioned I'm glad you brought up the Paris Accord because that was the next place I wanted to go where w- when to me that Paris Accord represents a lot more, planet of platitudes versus realm of reality. And what I mean by that is, is they're more concerned with the hubcaps of the car than the engine itself. And so when Greta Thunberg, a 16-year-old at the time, that's not a high school graduate, is your, is, is your mascot, is your main keynote speaker, is your voice of science to come out of a Paris summit climate exchange? That, that said a lot to me because there were probably climatologists and doctors and PhDs of people that have, have gone to school for 20 years to study the climate, and they just got completely usurped by a mascot. That told me we're in a brave new world of science, environment, and public policy, really, that is more about feel-good stories than facts. So how do we Get the connection back. I grew up in agriculture, so I saw the grocery store replace the farmer. I I heard all about that, and right now I see the light switch replacing the oil and gas worker.
0: Yeah, um, it's all very somber when you when you when you encapsulate it like uh, as well as you did. I think that um, part of the answer is that we have to continue to push against this, you know, replacing facts with emotions and narrative um, and we also have to remind people uh, that these these policies have real impacts on people you know poor people spend a lot more of their budgets on energy than wealthy people thirty uh, percent people in the lowest uh, income uh, rungs on the ladder spend 30 percent of their budgets on just on meeting their basic energy needs it hurts them the most. All of these policies, the cumulative impact of these policies, hurt them the most. Those that the the, the 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 folks that are advancing this agenda claim to be wanting to help the most, they're actually harming the most. And we've got to remind people about that. And we also have to push back. We we have to fight it. Um, it you know we win, we may not win popularity contests as a result, but. We have to fight it because ultimately what it comes down to is this issue, whether or not the issue of climate change, whether or not you think it's a problem, whether man is having an impact, it's not just an issue for this ideological, ideological uh, portion of the of the party, the Democratic Party. It's It's their organizing tool. It's a religion in a lot of ways for them. They, you know, it's it's masking their true intent, which is to prevent um, the oil and gas and coal uh, miners and producers and workers in this country from delivering these resources. But this, the single most efficient, um, most powerful uh, sources of energy and electricity are these three. of our electricity, I'm sorry, of our our total energy comes from these three sources. 30 years ago, it was 80%. And even with all of this, um, you know, talk about transitioning and clean energy, they're still minuscule uh, in terms of production, in terms of utilization than these sources. So, and let's, let me add one more thing, uh, which is an interesting twist. We would not have the vaccines without oil and gas
1: personally i I like the religion comment because we've been trying to explain this for three to four years on the program um, from an anthropological speaking, I mean, I'm talking about if I was teaching a class in college i I could argue it very easily based on the anthropological studies of of religion and how religions are formed and how there's this this connection to a feeling and even in the formation of Man is kind of, you know, uh, came in and destroyed the planet, the Garden of Eden. So we even have this like original sin type of, you know, context that's laid into this. Climate activism. We used to we used to call them environmentalists, but then two years ago we changed it to climate activists because I adopted a highway back in two thousand and four, and there ain't anybody calling me an environmentalist. And I've been I've been plant based for over fourteen years. I've, so I mean, I'm I'm more of a hippie than I am a than, than I am an oil and traditional oil and gas guy. I'm the only vegan that MCs a barbecue every year. So. Uh, yeah, and so I mean, I, I, I do things in my personal life because I tend to, you know, just just subscribe to that lifestyle. And um, it's interesting to me how it, the labeling is so 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 simple towards anyone who works in the oil and gas industry and and a lot of these different things. How can we just, it, it, kind of concluding here a little bit, how how can we combat it? You know, what's next? How can we, is it time to shake the trees and, uh, you know, start emailing our, our local constituents and calling their feet to the fire because the national ones aren't listening? I mean, who's representing oil and gas anymore?
0: Yeah, it's a great question. And I, I'm going to do a shameless plug here. Yeah, uh, please
1: and do. ask people to
0: subscribe to um, our, our um Go to our website, AmericanEnergyAlliance.org, and sign up, because we. this is our job. I mean, our job is to inform, educate, empower. Um, we provide tools for your listeners to participate in the political process and make your voice heard. Um, and we are here and exist to promote free markets. Uh, that is our mission, uh, is to promote free markets Because we believe that leads to the best outcomes for individuals, for society, for the environment, for the economy. And it's proven time and time again centrally planned economies do not work. The only thing they do is further enrich the people who are in charge and further uh, put a, a firmer grip on their control. Over us. And it's that stark. Um, and I, I don't want to sugarcoat it. That's where we are right now in, in our society.